it's very easy to chase. It's very easy to kind of go, well, this is cool. Or, hey, today I'm going to blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever comes to mind of whatever's interesting. But for me, being deliberate is going consistently back to my goals. These are the things I've set for myself. These are the things I want to achieve. And maybe I fall off, but then I'll come back to them. listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnielle J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow and connection to and beyond the million dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by God Girls Making Millions. If you are a woman on the move or making millions and you're looking for a new room that will serve and support you to and beyond your next level, this is it. Apply today at God Girls Making Millions. OMG, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Okay, I need you to clear your mind and your palate. In fact, I want you to take three deep breaths in. I want you to stand up and turn around to shift the atmosphere around you so that you can take in everything that you're about to learn from A.J. Lawrence. This conversation blew my mind. Okay, first and foremost, A.J. is the bomb.com because he runs a podcast called Beyond Eight Figures. I'm sorry, did you hear me? Beyond Eight Figures, not Seven Figures, right? We here at Move to Millions are on the move to seven figures, right? But AJ is talking, thinking, and act and making decisions deliberately beyond eight figures. He himself had run many multiple seven-figure companies, had many multiple seven-figure exits. He's the kind of man you want to learn from. When you hear me say the difference between your vantage point and your vision point, AJ Lawrence is who should come to your mind. So you are in for a treat today. Thank yourself. Thank God that you decided to stop what you were doing and get your hands on this episode as soon as it dropped. Oh my gosh, your whole life is about to change. Okay, let me read AJ's bio. AJ Lawrence is a serial entrepreneur with multiple exits, an angel investor, growth expert, and the host of the Beyond Eight Figures podcast. With over 25 years of exceptional experience in industries ranging from consumer goods to SaaS, which stands for service, or software as a service. He uses data-driven insights to nurture lasting and sustainable growth for his clients. He calls himself a journeyman entrepreneur because he finds great joy in learning from people who achieved more than he did and finding ways to use their insights for his own business ventures. Okay, y'all, this conversation was so rich. Like your income and your net worth is about to go up just from listening to this episode. And y'all know me, I'm not about to steal the thunder of everything powerful that AJ said every time he made me want to smack him because he said something that was so stinking good. But there was one quote that I needed to share with you before you even listen into this episode. He said, there is a point where the fear of the day-to-day survival disappears and then you really know that you are ready to grow. Oh, I hope that grabbed you like it grabbed me the first time I heard it. I want you to clear your palate. In fact, take three more deep breaths. Stand up one more time. Turn around twice this time. Shift your atmosphere so that you will be open to hear everything that A.J. Lawrence has to share with you. Grab that pen, grab that paper, and let's jump in to my conversation with A.J. Lawrence. 
AJ Lawrence. Oh, I am so excited to welcome you to the Move to Millions podcast. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been a big fan, been listening to your podcast, and I'm really excited to get a chance to talk with you here today. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation because similarly, I've been checking you out and I I love what you're up to when you're talking about. And I just know that our listeners are going to get so many powerful nuggets today to really stretch beyond even what I'm capable of doing for them on this show just by having you here. So why don't you take a moment before we jump in and just tell everybody who you are in your own words? Sure. Yeah, I'll start simple. My name is AJ Lawrence. I'm a repeat entrepreneur. Um, a little over a year ago, I bought the podcast Beyond Eight Figures, beyondeightfigures.com. Come check us out. And on the show, every week we interview entrepreneurs from around the world who've had success to learn about the things they do to improve their ability to be an entrepreneur. We really kind of focus on the idea of what it means to be an entrepreneur and how we can make choices and be very deliberate about the practices we take to improve our entrepreneurism. I think that I, yeah, that's a word. Yay. I'm not making up words already. I'll do that later. Oh, look, I'm good for making up a couple of words myself. So it's all good. Good. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm someone who's been around. I've gotten very, very lucky. I've sold some businesses in the low to mid seven figure range, but in my own experiences, I found I made so many mistakes in my journey and I kept thinking a lot of where my successes really were in hindsight, at the moments, they felt like failures because they weren't what I was trying to achieve. They were much lower. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, okay, get that little fiddle out and you know, you can stop playing it because you know what? You know, I got very lucky. Right. And what I've been trying to do is interview the entrepreneurs and just see, okay, what are the choices they make? How did they make choices and actions that led them to go deeper into their own efforts that allowed them to grow? You know, what is it luck? Is it, you know, effort? And, you know, it tends to be a combination of many, many things, but it does seem that lovely. You create your own luck by the more consistency and effort you bring to bear intelligently. Yeah, I think yeah. that, you, I mean, you said a couple of things. I was taking notes that I want to pull on. But I agree with you. I think that luck, and I forget what the roaming definition is, is where something meets opportunity or something. But I do think that there is a measure of, and I've got my fingers in the air quotes for those of you who won't see this, luck. That's a part of it. I think that there's also this concept of favor, of recognizing that when you make a decision to live into your gifting and leverage your purpose in the work that you do, the outcome is different, right? So some people call that luck, I might call it favor. But I think that it's an interesting construct. And I love when you said that, you know, I made a lot of mistakes on the journey. And at first, those mistakes felt like failures. But then I realized that they weren't really failures, right? I say all the time that failure is feedback. If it doesn't kill you, you have an opportunity to regroup from it, right? And I love that you recognize that as just, you know, in your intro about who you are. The one question I want to ask you, though, is Mm -hmm. you said we ask all of these people we interview what it means to be an entrepreneur. And so I would like to know from AJ's perspective, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? To not grow up? No, I've gotten over my Peter Pan fixation. (laughs) That's what having three kids does to you quickly. For me, a lot of it, it's evolving. 
and changing? Early on, it was in a form of necessity. Yeah, I used to joke, my first business I created when, and this is dating myself to the early 90s, I had maxed out the amount of ver- edits, version edits I had saved on a Word document from my resume. Mm-hmm. This is going way, way back. <laughs> and it was like, you cannot save this. You know, you must start another one or whatever they wow. edit. Thing. I didn't even like, know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was somewhere around like, over 10,000, whatever it was. And it was like, okay, not that I applied for that many jobs, but I had done this, you know, I had saved it so many times, different versions I had saved or whatever I had done to max out. And it may have been word perfect, not word, but yeah. I remember word perfect. Really good. Word star. There were all those Mm -hmm. crazy ones. And then just work. Long story short, I wasn't very good at getting jobs. So I started a company and Early on for me, it was just a means doing my own thing was just the means to be able to survive, to find work, to create work for myself, to get paid, to do things. And then over time, I slowly improved slash got worse. At, you know, I got better at some of the basics. So of course, wanted to go even further in my own journey and took on more complex and complex things and failed at them. Then over time, got a little bit better at those and kept going. And I think now I look at entrepreneurism as the means that I use to create what I want to have existing in the world. And for me, a lot of that is the ability to provide for my family that's been my main thing for my, also for my means. And I'm very interested because you talk a lot about this in your podcast is just my means for giving back. I have serious, you know, I love exploring and finding new not-for-profits around the world that are doing really great things. I've been on boards of not-for-profits and stuff. So like now, because I've had luck, and I've you know worked hard, but the reality is you can work hard and without luck. Because I've had this, I can now use it more as an exploration. And that gets me then to this deliberate practice with Beyond Eight Figures. I'm still fascinated by entrepreneurism and I'm still working on new ideas and new companies, going down the complete rabbit hole with acquisition entrepreneurship. That's getting to that is such a fun little space right now. But in general, it's this idea that I'm looking at this as a way of living. And how can we improve this overall? How can we use what being an entrepreneur gives us as we create the world we want to see? Yeah, our lives and around us. You already know, I completely subscribe to and share the same definition. Like that's what entrepreneurship is for me. It's the vehicle to create wealth and to leave legacy. And to understand that early on, I think gives us so much power. Because if we're thinking about our businesses through the lens of how we want to live, right? The house, the car, the education for our children, the vacations, the causes we want to support and give to, hopefully that'll give us enough confidence to charge at a rate that brings those things into view for us much faster than having to go down the hustle and grind rabbit hole, right? And so I think that it's amazing when people understand that because there are the people, and even you said it, right? I started my first business out of necessity. 
couldn't get a good job. <laughs> so I decided to start my own company. And then through this process, the evolution has become that, you know what? I get to use this powerful tool, this amazing creation that has been here since the foundations of the earth to set up a trajectory of how I want to live and the legacy that I want to give to my kids and the causes that matter to me. I think that is so awesome and amazing. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep just going deeper because we're going to then start talking about deliberate entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Introducing God Girls Making Millions, a safe space for women entrepreneurs to have those high-level conversations that their next level demands over three life-changing days. Finally, the community, conversations, collaborations, celebrations, and connections you've been craving at the must-attend mastermind for women entrepreneurs who are as serious about their faith as they are their income and impact. Applications are now open. Apply today at God Girls Making Millions. Welcome back. Oh my goodness. So we have been sitting here, AJ and I, talking about what entrepreneurship means to us, which I think is really awesome that we share the same definition. I want to get into this thought, this construct of deliberate entrepreneurship. So if you'll first just define it for everyone, and then I have a couple questions I want to ask you around that. I keep it as simple as there's no... The fun part about, and I'm going to, of course, use too many words for a simple thing. Basically, to me, deliberate entrepreneurism is not the structure, but the principles of ongoing practice on those things that are important to my ability to be an entrepreneur. As we talked about creating those things, it's understanding what are the goals I have. It's understanding how can I actually impact on those goals? What can I do to achieve them? And then how do I measure progress towards that? And then breaking it down to like, all right, what can I do to actually get better at doing this? So I look at it a little bit differently than like, we're all very familiar with like the KPIs Mm -hmm. of running a business. Very important, you know, and you can have different, you know, OKRs and, you know, there's a thousand and one, but the very basic concept of running a business. But if you think about you as the entrepreneur, you also have certain things that are very important. Yeah, these overall, the success of your vehicle. I like that term. I usually say tool, but vehicle, that's a cool, that's sexier. Yeah. So you play with that. And then you have your ability to bring focus and your capabilities to bear. And one of the things I realized in my last company yeah, the one I sold in the mid sevens, I had gotten very egotistical on our growth because we were on, we had been doubling for a few years and I started to have, it was an agency, digital agency. And I started having the big holding companies circling around and yeah, they do all the stuff and like, oh, we'll give you a gazillion. And I was like, 10 million or nothing type of thing. 4.75 instead. <laughs> but what had happened was I focused so much on achieving the wrong type of goal in hindsight. I mean, there were other things. And, you know, I had an infrastructure for a $2 million company when I was passing seven and a half million in business. All the things you kind of do when you think you're just all about growth. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, what I realized was I wasn't paying attention to my own self, let alone my personal relationship. So I gained weight. I was drinking way too much. My sleep dropped 
down to about four hours a day. And I'm not one of those, I need sleep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, you, I, yeah, I'll stay asleep for a few days if I can on the weekends, but yeah, I was doing all the things you shouldn't do. And then wondering as I'm getting older, like, why am I not? Yeah. I used to be able to do this all the time. I used to, and then everything kept piling up. So I look at this being deliberate of focusing on those things that are going to allow me to be a better entrepreneur. So I'm consistently building out what is important to my abilities. What can I do? What will have the biggest impact? Kind of adjusting it and then tracking and measuring over a long period of time. You know, some of it is very much financial. As you kind of talk, it's money. Once you hit a certain point, you know, I always love how they argue it's 70,000. It's... 200, it's half a million, it's you know, 20.2 billion, whatever. But there is a certain point where all of a sudden the fear day-to-day survival disappears and you move up the hierarchy of needs and all of a sudden you are looking more at tools. And this is where you know many entrepreneurs have so much difficulty. You know, and I'm one of them. I'm great at making money, mm-hmm. using that money, saving it and developing it into stronger tools. That's something that you know I work on a lot and I know many other entrepreneurs. So it's like looking at these things, looking at you know what other pieces, my understanding of things, my network, all these things kind of come and you just bring to bear what's going to be the most important for both your short, medium, and long-term. And so what is the practice that you utilize to kind of be able to strip that down to break it into most important for short-term, medium-range, and long-term? Like, how do you do that? I think our listeners would really benefit from hearing how you, after having multiple businesses that you have made and sold for seven figures and really on this construct of living your best life and recognizing when you weren't, right? Like I always say, you can't have a booming business when you have a busted life. And so that construct, but to now be in a place where you are very deliberate and you're spending this time to think and process and to, I was trying not to use the word deliberate, but I can't, to deliberately show up every single day so that you're giving your best to yourself, to your family, to your companies, to your community, to the causes that are important to you. So what does that process look like? For me, first off, it's not that I am very deliberate. That is something I'm working on becoming more deliberate. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things I realized very quickly. It was like, oh, I am a swing for the fence. You know, I enjoy the winging it and I enjoy. Yeah, I know. It's fun. You know, I like being the person yet, you know, getting back. It decreases our luck opportunity, increases our risk opportunity, you know, all that. So for me, some of the things I really do work on, you know, are very similar to what you talk about doing to, you know, the basics of improving a business. I spend a lot of time consistently figuring out what are my KPIs? I sometimes do OKRs and then I come back to KPIs. So I sometimes will switch back and forth. Mm -hmm. I don't think the actual structure matters. It's just using a structure and look at it. I look at what these things are going to be important, my health, my ability to bring bear, my financial structures. I look at them and kind of think, based upon these goals I'm setting, you know, what's going to help me the most to move forward? So then I'm looking at it you know, broadly, you know, once a year, once a quarter, monthly. Then it's really the weekly is kind of the more course correction ongoing, like, oh, yeah, 
I said I'm going to do 10 introductions to the podcast and I only did one, you know, or other things. And then a daily attempt to kind of do that stand up and effort. It's there's it's just ongoing being present in what I am doing. It's very easy to chase. It's very easy to kind of go, well, this is cool. Or, hey, today I'm going to blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever comes to mind of whatever's interesting. But for me, being deliberate is going consistently back to my goals. These are the things I've set for myself. These are the things I want to achieve. And maybe I fall off, but then I'll come back to them. So it's that consistent all right. And then being okay with changing my goals when I realize, okay, you know, all the time I want to spend with my kids now that they're teenagers, they want me around, but they don't Not really as want to as Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you guys are now cool to hang out and do stuff. Oh, wait, you don't want me around. You don't want okay. to hang out. Right. Absolutely. What I love about all of that is even as you were talking about KPIs and OKRs and, you know, your health being one of your KPIs. I wanted to pull on that because I think on the climb to seven figures, so many people lose themselves. Like that's what happened to me. I was chasing the number. It was all about the number. I felt like the number was going to be my validation. It was going to mean that I mattered all of a sudden. And what I realized in the process is that when I did finally hit the number, I was miserable. And then, you know, I say all the time, it was everything Biggie Small says it was said it was going to be. It was more money and it was more problems because I did have a KPI about my life and my lifestyle and my alignment. And so for those of you who are listening that, you know, you have this firm goal, you're like, no, I'm going to make millions. I think it's great. And I support and yeah. celebrate you in that. As you set the goals for the numbers to hit millions, make sure you're also setting goals for your health and wellness because the worst thing ever is to get there and can't enjoy it because you're fat, you got diabetes, you need to be bed bound or whatever the other things. And I'm purposely trying to paint the ugliest story possible to stress to you the importance of making sure that you think about that along the way. Sleep is important. I'm like you, AJ, I need eight hours, nine if we're nasty, like I gotta have lots of sleep and it's non-negotiable. And when I don't get it, it's not a good idea to spend time around me. And I had to prioritize that over and above some of the other things that could potentially happen because that's something that really fuels me. But I love this, this thought of making sure that as you're setting these goals, the deliberateness of making sure that they're holistic, that they're not just about the business, right? Nobody really wants to be a one trick pony. We want to have businesses that serve us, but we also want to be there for our families and, you know, creating memories and seeing the world and all of those types of things. So I think that that is so important that you brought that in. I also loved how you broke down just how you in broad strokes look at your goals once a year, once a quarter, once a month, and then weekly course correction and then a daily attempt to do your best on that day. The other thing that I heard in between what you said that I really love is that you give yourself permission to not always get it right. And there's an element of grace that I feel like I hear that you offer to yourself today. And maybe that wasn't always the case, but I feel like you give yourself some grace that you might not always give it right, but making that attempt. Well, I think one of the things I've learned because as I joke, I've beaten myself up for what would be considered success, but wasn't success that I set myself over. And then in 
you know, being lucky enough to interview, you know, amazing entrepreneurs just like you do, what I found is most of them have had, you know, there are always those few you're like, oh, can you just trip, please just trip. I don't want you to get hurt. I just would like you to, you know, because some of us really do struggle. We, we but, need uh, to trip. Yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, some, when you talk to those people where you're like, just once, please. But otherwise, most entrepreneurs who are doing interesting things, they have fallen, gotten back up, you know, and it is that kind of like, all right, what can I learn from this? What can I do? And, and I think I try, I had this amazing coach, Jerry Colonna, who runs reboot.org. And he talks a lot about sort of being true to who you are. Mm-hmm. And this was way, way, this was 10 plus years ago. And his whole thing is the only thing that matters is incremental progress, directionally correct. Mm-hmm. Forget whatever, anything else. Just like, yeah, if you want to go there, if you get one. Yeah. And I'm living in Europe for a little bit longer. So I'll say centimeters, but otherwise inch for everyone in America. Yeah. It's like just an inch. That's it. You do that. And guess what? You're going to be in a better position than you were yesterday. So incremental progress directionally correct. So I think a lot of what I've taken and yeah, I didn't pay attention to at the time. Yeah. I had to be arrogant and mess up to kind of realize how important some of that is plus learning from others is okay. It's making the mistakes. It's not what you want to do because it sucks. But usually you do learn, you figure out, okay, better ways of doing things, doing the better understanding of what is important. A lot of times my mistakes are not about like whether my tactical structure is right or not anymore. Now it's more of like, oh, is that really that important to me? Mm-hmm. You know, this bright, shiny object was so amazing until I started playing with it. And then it was like, <laughs> darn it, this is not fun. But that's something to learn and to kind of improve and to incorporate them, the understanding of this is who I am. So let me, as I go on and I try and be more deliberate and try and be a better entrepreneur, let me incorporate that to doing what I'm trying to do. Yeah. That's good. I love what your mentor said, incremental progress, directionally correct. It's similar to what I feel like you've learned over the Mm -hmm. years and having done this work that sometimes it's not the giant leap. It's just making that deliberate attempt every single day to become a little bit better. I remember hearing a TED talk once that talked about the 1%. And if we could just make consistent 1% shifts we'd be better off than trying to make some massive 100% leap. And so I think that it's that same premise. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I want to get more into something that you identify and learn as you're talking with people on your podcast. You talked about those patterns of choices. I want to talk a little bit more about that. So we'll be right back. Hey, God girl, have you attended event after event looking for up-level conversation only to realize you've outgrown the rooms you used to frequent for inspiration and implementation? I want to invite you to spend three days immersing yourself in a safe space where you can have deep, vulnerable, and transparent conversations about what life beyond the money looks like. I know how you feel and you are looking for more. More meaning, alignment, 
impact, connections, freedom, expression, self-care, and insight on how to shift your life so that your business continues to grow with less flex and more flow. Join us at God Girls Making Millions. Applications are now open. Apply today at GodGirlsMakingMillions.com. I'll see you in Miami. All right, welcome back. I hope you are enjoying this conversation that I am having with AJ Lawrence, OMG. It's been amazing for me because I realized that the more we think we're different, we're really the same. And I love the beauty of living life, expressing it through entrepreneurship and identifying those opportunities within yourself to just focus on being a better person so you can also make the planet a better place. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of been the beauty of what we've been talking about so far, AJ. When we were talking just before we started recording, you said something that I thought was really powerful. It was actually the first thing I wrote down. You talked about how when you're interviewing the guests on your own podcast, Beyond Eight Figures, that you identify through these conversations that there are patterns of choice and patterns of effort. And I would love for you to just talk about that a little bit and share some insight into what you've learned from identifying some of these patterns that you see all of these amazing entrepreneurs that you get to speak with are making inside of their their lives, their careers, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, and this kind of pushed me to think a little bit more and then into deliberate practice and then talking about deliberate entrepreneur was, I've spent a lot of money with my different companies over the years trying to create missions. You know, when you bring in that, yeah, the the consultant, the positioning consultant, and you do a mission statement and you do all this stuff. And it always felt, blah, you know, we were doing, you know, we had uh, pro bono work for 10% of our, you know, whatever, 10% of our revenue, we would always take 10% of our revenue to then do pro bono work with not-for-profits. We sponsored different things. I did an underground cocktail series, cocktail party series, where all the money was going to charities. It wasn't just an excuse to drink. It was actually <laughs> happening. You know, we were doing all these things, but there was nothing coherent about it, you know, other than, oh, we're trying to be good. So I would spend this money. And then like you talk with these consultants and there was always this little bit like, oh, you just do this and then everything is great. And I was like, ah, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And I couldn't sit there on one day or even a series of like a month of talking with these consultants ever create something that felt holistic and real and living for what we were trying to do. Over time, we did kind of come up with this like, oh, we are engaging, we are tactical, but we provide strategic, you know, we integrate strategically with attack capabilities, we're data-driven. We did all these things that became us, but it never came out of that effort. So I always felt like I just couldn't understand mission. And the more I would hear from people like, oh, you just got to have a mission or you just got to do this. I was like, yeah, mission-driven, that's marketing. Yeah, and I'm a marketer. Right. <laughs> that's just baloney. And then talking with a few people, Tara Golden of Hint, the founder of We Are Rosie, and a few others. What I realized was, and this is what kind of led me to kind of rethink and talk about this incremental and this ongoing practice, was they didn't start off with these amazing missions. They weren't like, oh my God, you know, you know this in general when you talk about any athlete, any artist, anyone, they're not great at first. But so often, I think entrepreneurs, we 
hear stuff about how great someone is because of what they're doing, not how great they are because of all the little stuff they did. And to me, it was fascinating, especially Kara Gordon. She talks about like all she really did at first was make her thing of trying to become more healthier by having, she was drinking all these bad diet sodas and wasn't losing weight and beating herself up and all this. So it was like just trying to make it real to her self Mm -hmm. that if she created this water with real, real ingredients added to it for flavor, she would be healthier. And that like, just to get hurt. And then it was like, oh, some of the people helping me do this as I do and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat till all of a sudden she's on Shark Tank. She's, you know, talking all over the place. And it's like, oh, that was incremental progress at its finest. And it is about mission. And then all of a sudden you see, yes, being mission driven isn't the only way to create a business yet. Getting back to that, you know, increasing our field of luck, our opportunity, you know, our zone of opportunity for luck. Mission-driven companies do tend to outperform non-mission-driven, but they have to be real. It's that kind of the game. It's like, if you try and be mission-driven, you fail. But if you become mission-driven and you actually do allow it, you know, you're not guaranteed anything, but you're probably going to be a little bit better off than if you don't. And And then, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and I think that sometimes the mission is thinking about Kara doing something that helps you. Yeah. Right? Like, I think sometimes we're so esoteric and we're trying to, I want to create world peace. But Mm -hmm. maybe it's not world peace you need to be focused on. You just need to be focused on peace within your home. And as a result of that mission, it opens up an opportunity for you to serve other people. It's like the the old Zig Ziglar, right? If you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what they what you want. And we <laughs> often help people get what they want by figuring out what we want. Like when I think about my own company and the way that I do everything, the reason why excellence and customer service is so important to us is because it's important to me and that's what I would want. So I created services that I would want to receive from the people that I'm hiring. And then as a result, my clients get to have these life-changing experiences. And that's a big part of our mission. And so I feel like even that is a pattern to explore and to think about, because if you, like you mentioned, struggling with figuring out your own mission Maybe because we were trying to make it so big instead of bringing it in and making it about you and what was important to you first. And then from that vantage point, expanding out. I don't know, just the thought. But I I love what Kara just said. I think that 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 is a powerful pattern to understand and recognize. No, and I think that's what is fun about looking at things and being incremental. It's like, oh, wait, I don't have to do this tomorrow. Right. And then looking at what else is there and what else, you know, because, you know, one thing I do like is, you know, I created my first real company when I was 23 and I'm 53 now. So I've had a few swings at different things and it's like, oh, and I'm probably the way health and, you know, science and all that, I'll probably have even a few more years, but even if, you know, things stay normal, okay, I still have another 15 plus years, that's a good amount of time. Huh. If I can keep bringing to bear, even if I fail, but I learn and I slightly improve this next opportunity, I may be that much more effective at bringing this opportunity to fruit. 
So how can I learn? So for me, it is definitely this idea of not just, you know, I guess it's to not feel so awkward and to not feel like I'm constantly making mistakes because being an entrepreneur is pretty much feeling like you're constantly making mistakes. (laughs) I mean, that's not the main definition, (laughs) but that's kind of, yeah, it's like, you know, every little thing, you know, I feel every big success is just sort of like, oh, that's right. That happened. But it is this ongoing of like, oh, what can I do to make this not feel so strange and not feel so this and then share that. Yeah, I agree. I think you've shared just so many powerful things. But even that last question that you ask yourself, how can I learn? And having the courage to ask yourself that question and to Mm -hmm. sit and wait for the answer. Like, I think that that is so powerful. I know that was a big thing that changed for me because, you know, like most people was had the fear of failure. But then once I realized that failure really is feedback, it's an opportunity to course correct and then to go at it again because I wasn't willing to stop, right? Like the heavens didn't open and I wasn't raptured up because I made a mistake that caused the failure. And so as a result of that, I'm like, oh, well, I'm still here. And because I'm still here, that means I not only do I get another attempt, there is even more powerful work that there is for me to do here. What can I learn from this? And being willing to sit with yourself, whether if you're a journaler, if you're, you know, meditator, if you just like to sit for quiet contemplation, whatever it is, but asking yourself consistently, what did you learn from the thing, right? One of the things that I think is important that we do all of the time, every time we're launching something new, we're Mm -hmm. introducing a new project or a product, we always do a debrief after it. And that's one of the questions, like, what did we learn from this? And what is there still to learn? What could we do differently and better so that the next time we get some more of that incremental progress and not being upset or alarmed if we don't hit the target, but instead evaluating what we might need to do differently in order to further close that gap the next time that we show up for an opportunity to be able to present that to whomever we're presenting it to, which I think is, Mm -hmm. it's so powerful and it is really deliberate, right? To get back to the initial impetus of us having this conversation today, just the way that we think and the way that we process is what creates our deliberate nature to produce a set of results that not only help us and allow us to live best, but also create an opportunity for the people whose lives we touch through our work to be able to do the same, which I just think is awesome and amazing. It's fun. And I guess maybe even going back, you know, even as you're talking, I, you say a thousand times better than me. So I was kind of like, wow, this is so cool. But I think the thing that we work on that I'm trying to learn from all these entrepreneurs is that one, there's so much noise out there of what we should be doing. Yet at the end of the day, it only matters what you should be doing, right. you know, what works for you, what's important. But this idea of hearing what other people have done, it's not that you should copy them, but you should listen to them and see what resonates for you. Yeah, I jokingly say, if it resonates, then steal it and make it your own. But at the end of the day, (laughs) it's still this idea of like, all right, focus on sort of your direction, then kind of listen and see, because, you know, it used to be really hard to find other than like the really, you know, Wall Street Journal style back before even the internet, you know, you didn't used to hear about entrepreneurs. It was just so there. And then if you were anything but the classic style of entrepreneur, 
you were kind of out on your own. There was no like, oh, I want to become like this person. You didn't know they existed. So now, like with your podcast, with mine, it's like, go find the people who are talking to people who are doing things that are similar or resonate within what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So then you can see what's possible. Yeah, that monkey see, monkey do is a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. thing. I haven't heard that in years, but it is definitely powerful. Yeah, this has been great, AJ. I have three questions I like to always ask just to kind of round out our time together. But before I do, I just want to give you the floor. If there's anything else that we didn't really get to talk about around this construct of deliberate entrepreneurship or anything else that you want to be able to share, I just want to give you the floor to be able to do so. No, I mean... I very much will say something that should be said in 10 words with 5,000 words. But at the most basic, it's just finding what's important to you and being very deliberate in coming back consistently to the understanding of what you're doing to improve and therefore get better. So, you know, whatever efforts, you know, there is so much we can learn out there. Just figure out and be consistent in that effort to improve. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Okay. Now, of course, because you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I always ask my three closing questions and I really like to do it because, you know, these conversations, sometimes we talk about business, sometimes we don't, but I always Mm -hmm. like to ground it so that the listeners are number one, creating their own professional library from amazing books that they can read Mm -hmm. that helps them to do what it is that they need to do. And then they learn about tools that might be useful to them on their own journey to and beyond the million dollar mark. But first, your favorite quotes. All right. I am what I am. You know, but I can't even say it in the... So I am what... Uh, Popeye. Popeye, Popeye version of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I am what I am. You know, it's like a lot of things, you know, that seem funny and then resonate. You're like, oh, that's haha. And then you're like, oh, wait, there's a there's lot to it. There's truth in that, it is. Right. Being true to yourself is always the path. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And then what was the last book that you read? The last book I finished, because I just reread it, was um, 100 Years of Solitude. I try and go back to that book every, like, between five and ten years. And I find as I get older, it resonates differently, more so because it is, it's truly one of the great pieces of literature. And for me, it's understanding humans and the human condition and the period of how people interact under stress and all that, that I tend to take more in my bit. Yeah. Sometimes I'm really sad. I'm like reading some great classic thing and I'm like, Oh wait, but I could use that in my business. I do that versus business books where sometimes I'm like, there's two great things you're saying, but you have 400 pages. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I tend to focus more on, you know, histories and literature. So the last one I just finished last week, and I'm trying to breathe a little, was, you know, 100 Years of Solitude, just because it is, you know, the creation and the death then of this amazing family during really turbulent piece of time, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe we're looking at similar things, you know, right. about 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's fun for me. I like to look at that. I love it. And then lastly, what is one tool that you swear by that has been instrumental on you consistently making the move to millions and, of course, getting beyond eight figures? It's funny. Because I've been doing 
different. Yeah, I've been doing this since the 90s. You know, things that were so big and this are now kind of, I remember moving to email and having all my team communicate through email. And everyone's like, but is that AOL? It's like, no, no. So for me right now, it's Notion. And I just keep finding ways to make it deeper mm-hmm. and sort of working both with my team and then partners I have that it's like, wow, the deeper we go into this and the more we can share structure or even just loose thoughts, the more we're kind of getting out of it. So for right now, it's exploring what we can do with Notion. I love it. This has been such an amazing conversation. I know that our listeners are going to be so much more enriched as a result of exploring a lot of the things that we talked about that'll help them to become more deliberate in their pursuit of being the best versions of themselves and building companies that serve them and also serve humanity. So I just want to thank you again for taking the time to come and hang out with me. This has been awesome. Thank you. I mean, like I said, I love your show. You are Yeah. From one podcast host to another, you are so smooth and flowing. You are very rich and caring in your interviewing style. So I've been learning so much, just even just you interviewing me. I'm like, oh, I got to do that. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to try that. Okay. Yes. Take that breath. Do that. Okay. So yes. Thank you so much. You are so very welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Was I right? Or was that, or was I right? That was awesome. I, There's just so many things I loved about the conversation. What you guys couldn't see is you couldn't see AJ's demeanor. He was so calm and relaxed. He had this energy of, I've been through some things and I've learned some things and now I'm in position to share those things that I've learned with other people. And it's so powerful. Like for me being a business on the move to eight figures to be able to sit with someone who has not only gotten there, but has also had so much wealth of experience over the last 25 years. I could really lap up everything it is that AJ was saying. And there were so many moments that I really loved this conversation. I think the bottom line for me was his definition of entrepreneurship. It matches my definition of entrepreneurship, right? That is so important that you're really, really clear about why it is that you're doing what you're doing. And then at the end of the day, he said, all of this is to allow him to become a better person and a better entrepreneur. And I want you to ask yourself, if what you are doing is not making you better, why in the devil are you actually doing it? I just loved his whole story. I love the focus on deliberate entrepreneurship, the definition being the principles of ongoing practice that's important to be an entrepreneur. The principles of ongoing practice. Doesn't that sound familiar? Because y'all know I'm always talking about the principles and how are we leveraging the principles in order to experience what it is that we truly desire at the next level. And then my round out quote for our time together was, Being true to yourself is always the path to being a deliberate entrepreneur or just being a deliberate human, right? Because it's about so much more than just our businesses, guys. It's about how we can leverage our businesses to make this world a better place. And this conversation with AJ just really brought all of that home for me. Now, if you want to make sure that you don't miss one single solitary episode, do yourself a favor right now and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. 
And if you are enjoying the conversation and if I'm sharing things and our guests are sharing things that make you think differently, make you evaluate your ability to go to the next level much faster than you have been able to do so on your own, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and or a review. And I'm just going to thank you in advance for helping us to get this powerful podcast further into the world. It is because of all of you that we are already listened to and downloaded by so many people around the world. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for listening. And thank you for helping me to do all that it is that I get to do. And I thank you for allowing me to be a, a deliberate entrepreneur. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. If you're ready to get started, grab our Move to Millions Quick Start Guide and join our online community at movetomillionsgroup.com. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. I'll see you next time. Take care.